Chapter 15 Philip, will you leave us for a moment, till I get it all up and going? Then I will need you here, said Doc. Doc got everything lined up, ready now, with Paula sitting by the table with her arm stretched across a clean towel. Doc now washes his arms and hands in the basin of boiled water with alcohol in it that B, Philip's mother, has brought down. Doc takes the long clear tube out of the boiled water. He tries to attach it to the part of the syringe with the needle. It had, he had to soften the tubing again because he could not get it to stretch enough. He then attaches the three pegs. Now he gently is slipping the needle into Paula's vein. He removes the first peg now. The blood begins to flow. He lets out a breath that he has been holding. He now puts a dressing on Paula's arm to keep things as clean as possible and to hold all in place. Paula takes her arm from the table to let gravity do its work. The tube is filling with her blood, stopping at the centre peg. Time now to do the same to the man. Dot lets a few drops of blood just drop on the floor before he slips the needle into the man's arm. It is most important that there is no air bubbles, he said to Paula. Paula stays completely still. Yes, exclaimed the doctor. We have done it. When Paula woke up, she was sitting on Philip's knee. This is the closest I've ever been to him, she thought. You faint beautifully, he laughed. Paula stared at the bed and then at Doc. How is he doing? she asked. He's very weak, but still with us. You must go straight to bed. If anyone asks, you think you might have caught a chill, Doc said, as B handed her a strong, sweet coffee. I have done what I can. Philip, will you keep him cool with lavender water? We need someone with him at all times. I'll come back tonight, said Doc. Between the three of us, we'll have a cover, Doc. Thank you again. Doc answered Philip. B will take the first turn. I will take the second. Paula, you take your usual night shift. Paula managed a small smile and nods her head. Paula now lying on her own bed, just wondering how best to handle the situation. Her heart is breaking. That night, when Paula had crossed the fields, Doc and Philip were already there. How is he doing? she asked. Doc held a flat hand and moved it in a motion that meant mm, very uncertain. Just then the man spoke. I thought I was dreaming, but you are here, Kay. I'd know you're sent anywhere. I have to keep calm, 
Paula told herself. He reached out a hand. Paula looked from Philip to Doc. Doc nodded and winked. Take his hand, Kay. Paula pulls a chair close to the bed and takes his hand in hers. She says nothing. She tries to stop the tears running down her cheeks. Doc looks at her and says to her, It's the best medicine. As Doc is leaving, he says under his breath, It's the only medicine. Philip says, Are you okay? Have you got this, Kay? Smiled and nodded. You need some rest, Philip. Philip smiled and headed off. Paula takes Paul's hand in hers. Still very weak, he manages to squeeze it. No words needed. As the days passed, he got stronger. I will not blow your cover, he said to Paula one night. She leans over and places a long and gentle kiss on his lips. He is hungry for more. I wish I could see you, he said, as he kissed her more urgently. Paula starts to remove the bandages from his eyes. What are you doing? exclaimed Philip as he arrived. He needs to let some gentle light into his eyes. He will have to be ready, get comfortable with daylight, for when he has been moved on. Or he will have real problem with his eyes. He's not delirious. He seems clear in his thinking, pleaded Paula. Just then Paul spoke. I know this is Paula and not Kay, he said. Thank you, Paula, for keeping a man happy when he was down. What do you think, Philip? Will I continue to remove them? asked Paula. No. I'll do it, said Philip. No point in him seeing everybody. He has already seen me before he passed out. Paula took a deep breath and as her heart sank. You're right, she answered. I will head now. Uh, make sure to replace the bandages before handing over to B. So near and yet so far, thought Paula. Thank God we have each other. What are the chances that he ends up in my safe house? I must rig the aerial back up to get a message across that we have him and he is recovering. As she got ready for bed that night, Paula said wistfully, I know I will have sweet dreams tonight. I can't wait till I have him on my own tomorrow night. The day working in the stable seemed endless. She heard an army jeep coming up the driveway. Looking out, she sees who it is. She had prayed he had forgotten her. I have come bearing gifts, he smiled at her. I will not touch you now, but I will collect you on Sunday afternoon for the tea dance. He ordered the driver to place the address box and a brown paper bag in her arms. His driver returns to the car and they drive off. Everyone is stopping working as she leaves the stable with the box and bag. She knew they all felt sorry for her. They all knew what lay ahead. 
as usual, Grandma was in the kitchen. Let's hope it's at least a nice dress. Give it here. I will open it for you on the table. Paula closed her eyes, letting her tears flow freely. She couldn't care less what the dress looked like. It is very beautifully made and the colour will suit you so very well, Grandma said, placing a hand on Paula's back. Paula opens her eyes and bursts out laughing, much to Grandma's surprise. Paula is spent double and is laughing hysterically. She takes the dress out of the box and hugs it towards herself tightly. Just what I needed, Patty, she says out loud. Grandma sits down and just stares at her. What a strange girl you are, she says, shaking her head back and forth in disbelief. Finally, Paula sits down and begins to tell the story of the dress, or what she could tell. A very good friend of mine made this dress for me. It was taken out of my suitcase at the station with some of my other clothes. Grandma, it's the dress I love most in all the world. They are both laughing when Lisa comes in to see how Paula is feeling. The last thing she expects to see is a kitchen full of laughter. What's going on? she asked. I thought there might be tears, but not tears of laughter. Taking a deep breath, Paula retells the story of her dress. Paula is getting ready for her night shift. She is wearing Patty's dress. She wants Paul to see her at her best. It's as if she's floating on air as she crosses the field. She must remember to send a message and find out what plan is in place to get him home. The thought of that lovely warm kitchen is putting an even bigger smile on her face, if that's possible. And now, let go of Kay and become Paula for at least a few moments. Soon she would be alone with Paul for the rest of the night, on their own. As she arrives down to start her shift, B is standing there. Not Paul, not Philip. Is Philip okay? B has a very guarded look on her face as she turns her face in the direction of the crate wall. But says nothing. Paula rushes to see Paul. She's looking at an empty bed. They have moved him already, she asks out loud. B joins her and shakes her head no. He could not be, should not be up, up and about yet, Paula almost screamed. He passed away not long after you left this morning. Doc said he doesn't know what kept him alive this long. Paula collapses on the ground, not able to control her grief. B joins her on the ground, lifting Paula's head onto her lap. Time seems to be going in slow motion. For Paula, it's almost like she's drowning. B is taking, talking to her. But it, it isn't making any sense. Trying now to pull herself together, Paula asks, What did you say about a horse? 
they had to burn the body with the carcass of an old horse. When Paula came through, she was in a bed in the main house. B was sitting on a chair beside the bed, holding her hand with tears in her eyes. You knew him, she said, lifting Paula's hand and kissing the ring on Paula's finger. Your secret is safe with me. For a moment, Paula had no idea what B was talking about. Then the memory of what had happened came flooding back. B is getting onto the bed so she can hold Paula. You just let it all go. Tears are healing. That's a good girl. Just let it all go. Paula now curled up in her own bed. Time meaning nothing to her. She feels like an empty shell. Grandma comes in with a bowl of soup. You must eat this. It is Sunday. Paula sits up and accepts the soup. Lisa comes into the room. She is shocked at what she sees. How are you feeling? The doc said that you'd had a very bad bug. Are you feeling any better? You've missed four days. Doc has come every night to see how you were doing. He told us you needed a lot of sleep. He's so good, managed Paula. I have some hot water on the stove. I don't think you should go out this afternoon. I will get dressed and go instead. Paula sprung from the bed and startled everyone. You will not. I can handle this. I'm dead inside anyway, she thought. I can go through the motions. Are you sure? I hope he catches whatever you had, she said through her teeth. You will not be on your own. The boys will keep us at a safe distance, Grandma said, giving Paula a hug. Paula, are you all right? You don't seem yourself at all, said Lisa. It's Sunday afternoon. How hard can it be, said Paula. They chatted, try, trying to lighten the mood. I have to say, you do smell a lot nicer. Can I also use it sometimes, Lisa asked, laughing. You can have it all, Paula smiled. Now ready to go, Lisa and Grandma gave her a big hug. The boys are already in the village. Grandma whispered into Paula's ear. As Paula heard the jeep arrive, she let out a long sigh. Thank God I feel so dead inside, she thought. My training can just take over. I will use my eyes and ears to make the most of this opportunity. I am an important link in the chain. She smiled at the officer. She couldn't remember his name. She would by the end of the afternoon. They were now sitting at a table. The food was good at least. I'm so hungry, she thought. In work mood now, she must leave her grief behind for the afternoon. They were heading for the dance floor. He was a terrible dancer. 
no natural rhythm, he said to her. We will go elsewhere. I do not like to dance. Let's stay and listen to the music for a while. I haven't finished my coffee, Paula requested. You have, he barked at her. Paula's blood ran cold. He took her arm, not so gently, pushing her forward by her elbow and led her out of the room and up the stairs to a room above the tea rooms. He guided her into the room. There were two German soldiers further down the landing. They did not look their way as Paula did her best to make small talk as she smiled at him as he opened the door. She would try and get the most out of him. There was no avoiding the inevitable. Paula was surprised at how bright and large the room was. Walking over to the wind is saying, what a lovely bright room, letting herself be seen in the window. I have no interest in small talk. He pulled her over to the bed, then threw her down. She fell back and he was on top of her straight away, tears filling her eyes. She was back in her bedroom in the house in Renela in South Dublin, where this had happened before. Your work is not done. Paul lay as if she was dead, feeling nothing. He is no dancer and he is no lover. He is now slapping her across the face, shouting at her in German. What a lazy whore you are. There is more life in a blow-up doll. Finally, he rolled off her, slipping his now floppy bits back into his uniform pants. Now at the bedroom door, he opens it and barks orders at the two soldiers. Come and take her back to the farm where she belongs. Paula tries to tidy herself. The two soldiers support her and get her into the back of the jeep. As they drive along, they are laughing. Paula knows what they are saying and wishes she did not speak German. Halfway to the farm, they stop. They pulled her out of the jeep, threw her on the ground and began taking turns raping her. When they thought she was dead, they kicked her into the ditch with their boots, got into the jeep and headed back to town.